This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 30th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. The Paulson financial market bailout has failed in the U.S. House, at least on its first go-round. If this is how Congress handles the process of legislation, perhaps both taxpayers and Wall Street should be thankful that they're not implementing the bill right now. Cato Institute Chairman Emeritus William Niskanen comments. The fact that the government attempted to do something and ultimately failed, uh, Jerry O'Driscoll pointed out to me last week, is gives us uh, almost the worst of both possible worlds. I uh, was, am surprised, but not displeased, that the bill failed in the House. Surprised because I thought that the addition of the insurance element in the package would assure the support of Mr. Boehner and the moderate Republicans, and that didn't happen. Because what you had is the conservative Republicans and I think the uh, wing of the Democratic Party were what what killed it. I think that if nothing happens, if they don't try to uh, recreate this bill by adding or deleting some elements, um, if nothing happens, I, I think that the outcome is that there will be a selective one institution at a time failure of the big financial institutions. We've experienced that in the last month or so. We've seen Lehman go under. We've had uh, Merrill Lynch uh, fold itself into um, into into uh, uh, Bank America, um, and I think that and and Wachovia apparently has been folded into uh, Citigroup. So I think that is the prospect. That is the near-term prospect if the government doesn't do anything, and that doesn't bother me. The uh, American financial community, I think, is overblown, is too large, and too many smart young people are going into the finance rather than into uh, more productive uh, activities. So I'm not unhappy about seeing the financial uh, community shrink over time. Uh, I don't want it to have uh, systemic effects, but we've seen very little systemic effects of these drops so far. Uh, the regional banks are still in pretty good shape. Total commercial and industrial loans are still quite strong. Um, and so there has been no visible sign to people on Main Street of what's happening on Wall Street. Has the bungling over this piece of legislation, do you think, had any real impact on the process of the recapitalization of, of uh, financial institutions? Well, I'm not sure about that. The bungling has, uh, by, by Congress hasn't been visible until the last few hours. Uh, and, uh, and I, as well as I suppose most people, had expected this bad bill to pass. And it didn't, and I'm happy about that. Based upon how this uh, bill did not pass, do you see this as sort of a, uh, a stopping point, a bottoming out of what... Uh, fiscal conservatives are willing to put up with? Well, I, I think it's a good sign, uh, but I think uh, the more important challenge is for them to try to correct the conditions that led to this crisis in the first place. And I see very few people even thinking about that, to sort of take on what is a very flawed business structure in Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, uh, to um, take on the Community Reinvestment Act, to, um, to make better sense of what uh, monetary policy ought to be, which, uh, which contributed to a general demand bubble, which took, in this case, the, the, was particularly strong in the housing market. 
So I hope that they learn from this episode. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be that much learning over time from these crises. But that, I think, is the major challenge for the fiscal conservatives now, is to uh, learn from this episode and to change the conditions that will reduce the prospect that we have something like this again. On the subject of learning something through this experience, do you think that Ben Bernanke or uh, other uh, central bankers around the world are learning from the experience of protecting the bondholders in Bear Stearns, but not the bondholders of Lehman Brothers, and how that sort of sent a very, pretty contradictory signal to the markets. Well, I, I, uh, I, it's a little difficult to sort that out as to why they let Lehman go under, but they protected the bondholders for Bear Stearns. And I think the primary thing that led to that difference in policy response is just the passage of time associated with the fact that the Federal Reserve had put quite a few staff members in all the remaining investment banks since the Bear Stearns collapse. And so they had a much better sense of the nature of their uh, assets and uh, their balance sheet and who owned it. And so I think that was the primary um, lesson that they learned that led them to allow uh, Lehman Brothers to go under. Right now, the story, of course, now is that uh, letting Lehman go under is the primary reason that the lending among the big financial institutions seemed to freeze last uh, Thursday or so. Uh, We still have yet to hear the details of what led uh, Paulson and Bernanke to propose this outrageous package, a package with huge uh, increases in in, uh, administrative authority and $700 billion. Um, We we have not heard a good story of what led them to this conclusion, that this this kind of a package was uh, appropriate, whether it was necessary, whether it was urgent. And that's that's something that we ought to have a a post-mortem on it. William Niskanen is Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Listen to more podcasts on the bailout and financial markets at Cato.org.